I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And here we are for our preview of week two of the finals in the NRL. Boxhead, how you doing? A little bit cooked this week, buddy. That's why we're not in person. We've got a second bout of COVID, so it's absolutely kicking my ass this time. Yep, I've had it two times as well, but obviously not as bad as what you've copped this second time by the sounds of things. Yeah. But uh, we did plan we did plan on recording last night, but uh, I was sick as well for different reasons that we won't go into details about, so it's been a great 24, 48 hours for the pair of us. But yeah, we've been copping it, but we're on. We're, we're on. We're and, doing it. Uh, like I said, this one doesn't have to be super long. As we spoke about, uh, we'll be doing the two a week. This one more just to preview of the two games, giving some of our thoughts on how things will play out, what we'd be looking to do um, if we're either these sides. And, of course, this is all brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with the true blue bookie, bluebet.com.au. Hopefully we'll chalk up uh, a charity winner again this week. We've now reached a total of $1,100 for the Bears of Hope, which is outstanding. Um, And just remember, on all NRL's finals games, if you back a team head-to-head and if they lead by six or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner, up to $100 in winnings. Lead by six at halftime, you win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Uh, let's jump in straight away here, not waste any time. Eels Raiders Friday night at Combank Stadium, Parramatta. Obviously given a lot of hope last week against Penrith being the only side to beat them twice during the season. Uh, turned up for a portion of the first half, but second half just absolutely blown off the paddock. And then you've got the Raiders, who basically had to play finals football almost for the last eight or so weeks to get themselves in, obviously got their spine back together, have Fogarty, Whiten, the nines, and the change for Xavier Savage to number one with that consistency in their forward pack, found their way into the finals and then come up with a big upset, or I wouldn't say it's a big upset, but another great win, I guess, against Melbourne down in Melbourne, which is no easy feat last week. Um, we see a matchup here of the two teams in the competition that offload the football more than anybody else, and I think two outstanding forward packs. Yeah, but different forward packs, I think. The Canberra probably play a little bit more footy, I think, than what Parramatta do, and Parramatta rely on that power game, so it's going to be a nice clash of styles, and probably the one thing we, we need to mention for those that aren't in Sydney, it's absolutely peed down the last two days in Sydney, and doesn't show any signs of relenting so that could also have an impact on the match just what sort of conditions and what the surface is like usually combat's really really good but we've also seen some times where games have been played there where it has you know held some water and been quite difficult to play on so yeah that'll be something just to keep an eye on particularly in the hour or two before the game Mm. Well, I looked up what the weather was going to be like for work purposes and for footy purposes. Uh, today, they were saying for us, obviously, 10 to 20 mil in Western Sydney. Tomorrow, supposed to be nothing, but obviously, this weather's not supposed to stop until 2 or 3 in the morning. So, um, hopefully, the drainage and the groundkeepers get a bit of work in tomorrow and try and get a lot of that heavy mm. stuff off the surface. So, um, I'd be it, more concerned about the weather if I was Canberra. 
rather than Parramatta. I think Campbell would want to drive a truck. Yeah, I, I guess on the flip side, though, having lived down there, you know, you deal with a lot more dew and moisture than probably most places. And I, I understand that. I'm just talking about the style they play. Yeah. Um, but I think if anyone's going to be more equipped, I guess, then. But in terms of changes, uh, no changes on either side, um, except, sorry, Canberra have a, one change that we did expect. Adam Elliott has succumbed to that injury that we weren't sure about last week. It's turned out to be an osteous pubis injury, which is very painful. I can require surgery. He's going to be missing for two or three months. So Harold Weir who's been doing a good job off the bench, he moves in now to start at lock. And Ryan Sutton, who they thought was done for the year with his broken hand, comes in onto the bench. So um, I'd be surprised if Sutton doesn't go in and start and they keep the bench as is. Yeah, I'll probably agree with you there. And I think similarly for Parramatta, I think we'll see that late change again where they bring Madison back to the bench and start with that three-prong full, you know, battering ram attack that they try to do and overpower a team or overwhelm Canberra a little bit and then... Yeah, see, I wouldn't. I'd start with Madison. I think it's been underutilised this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I sort of like that point of difference they bring from the bench when they get him and uh, Oregon in with a bit of footwork and some offload. Uh, last week, obviously, they found a try that way. It wasn't the flashiest way to find a try, but uh, you know, I guess looking at these two sides, thoughts, weaknesses, things that you'd be looking to attack if you're one or the other? I think if I'm Canberra, I'm looking to play the style that they've adapted and adopted during the last sort of month or two. And I think they've got to really go after Mitchell Moses. So um, if we're rolling through the middle of the field, I'm going at Reed Marnie. Uh, I think if you really watched closely last week, Penrith were able to get him and isolate him and make him miss tackles, particularly early in the set. And then just out of the week, What's happened this week, I think you need to test Mitchell Moses as much as you possibly can, get your back rolls onto him, give him early ball, which is something that Canberra do. So uh, if I'm Parramatta, then yeah, I think they really, they, they need to work out what they want to do offensively. And, you know, particularly late in the tackle count in yardage and with their good ball sets, I thought they were really disorganised last week. You know, the, the try that they were able to manufacture early was just a crash play. Their attack didn't look very fluent. So I think they, they really need to work out how they're best going to break Canberra down. And I think they need to they need to go shot for shot. And it's not something that Parramatta traditionally do. They, they'll usually take a shot and then set up and then have another play. Uh, I think if I was Brad Arthur, I'd probably be encouraging them to go shot for shot as much as they possibly can with Canberra. Um, and, yeah, look, I'd, I'd be attacking... Canberra in the middle of the field as well. I'd be attacking their, their little hookers. Uh, and, yeah, trying to offload the ball, like you said before. And You just hope that Mitchell Moses can dominate field position with his kicking game. Yeah, I think similar deal we spoke about before. Both forward packs good in their own right and in a different way, but their offloads also, they use them differently. Parramatta, generally, when they offload, they play in that same space. They keep kicking through the front door trying to roll downfield, whereas you see Canberra, they'll change that point of attack, especially like you see Tarpany last week. Good at breaking first contact, engages two or three defenders. Canberra will offload, shift straight off the back of it or get a quick play of the ball, shift straight off the back of it. They're left side heavy, um, which is probably not a bad thing for the point you've just made. Mitchell Moses, obviously under a cloud, going to see plenty of traffic. They're going to ask questions of him and, and Papali and Penasini are obviously going to have to be very, very busy and active. Uh, also, just some help from the inside, some of those middles travelling across. But 
Um, no doubt in my mind, Eddie, he probably ticked up the key one for me, and that's the Reed Marnie. He, he sees a lot of traffic every week. He does a good job considering, but he, he does miss tackles pure and plain and simple because of his size. It's not to say he doesn't put the effort in because he certainly does, but Papali, Tarpany are going to be coming down Main Street. There's no doubt who they're going to be looking for. It's, it's going to be Reed Marnie, and off the back of that, if they generate second phase and can use those dual nines like they do, who both offer something different, have Savage floating around the ball, um, I, I think Canberra can definitely find some love there and get into that left-hand edge early where we know, you know, they've got a multitude of ways they can play. Jack can get the ball, be, you know, straight at Moses himself. They can give Hudson early ball. He can dig into the line. Jack can dig into the line himself. Um, you know, they've, they've got a multitude of ways that they can use that sort of edge. And I think it's really, really come up trumps in that seven or eight weeks that we've seen. And Chris has shown to be a very handy addition um, and his contribution on that edge as well and what they've done. So no doubt they're going to be leaning on that side of the field when they get into their good ball shapes. But just as much on the other side, Tomoko probably doesn't see as much quality football, but he can make something out of nothing. I think last week, Penrith, in particular, the second half, they got at that right edge a few times. Opacek once come in hard, and they sort of stripped of numbers. Um, so, you know, on, on the same token, uh, I think you'll see them obviously have a look down both sides of the field. But I, I think the real big key point, again, you just brought it up before, Moses' health, um, and then probably Brown on top of that, who... Some were saying he was a little bit quiet last week. I think the more disappointing one last week, and we talked about it for the majority of the year, that they need Marnie and Gutherson to come up to a higher level, in my opinion, because out of a lot of the spines in the competition, I really like their halves, but I don't like their one and their nine. And I thought Gutherson and Marnie weren't big factors last week. In particular, yeah, Gutherson, I thought he was ordinary. Yeah, no, they, I agree. They weren't, they weren't big factors at all. And on the flip side of that, you've got Fogarty, who's essentially to me, being really underrated and somewhat unheralded and unnoticed in this little run here where he's freed up Jack and let Savage just float around. And, he, you know, he makes mistakes every now and then. Um, he's not the best under the high ball at times, but certainly provides some spark. But in terms of kick, control, and a bit of set direction and just a steering wheel that Canberra are lacking, he's certainly provided that. And on the back of that, you've seen that left edge come to life. You've seen, you know, this dual hooker situation work where Wolford provides good service and steers those forwards earlier. Then Tommy Starling comes on with a couple of those difference makers off the bench in your Harawira and Oras and your Goulas who have second phase and footwork and Horsberg and they start probing and trying to punch holes through. Like, um, I think, if, if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm getting a Canberra vibe. I really am. I, I like the power coming in to the finals, but last week was a bit of a letdown. I think the Moses head knock, Lane getting a bump as well and then you know just the shit to come out during the week from Parramatta and the fact it's leaked out of their own club just amazes me that even if it is in self-interest and we know people do things for their own self-interest within clubs of all the times to do it this it's not the time well it actually uh, if you're looking to promote self-interest it's actually the perfect time it's not the, the right time for the club though it's a disgusting thing to have done mm. uh, to have leaked this now and take away from what's been a, a very, very good season. And the challenge for, for Parramatta is, and, you know, whenever we've sort of hyped Parramatta up or, you know, their results have been good and there's been times where their results have been poor, I've been pretty staunch in saying or judging on what they do come September. And this is judgment day for me. I think they can answer a hell of a lot of questions about their bottle and who they are as a team. 
in how they perform tomorrow night. I don't even think it's about... Well, it probably is about winning now. I think, realistically, they, they need to win. They need to get the job done. And, um, yeah, they're $1.50 favourites. They're at home. They're going to have a huge home crowd. I'd be surprised if it's not a, not a sellout. Yeah, everything's in their favour. I know they've had a rough week off the field, but their job's not to focus on what happens off the field. It, there's no excuses tomorrow. Um, Moses is in. They're as fit as what they could possibly be. Uh, it's interesting that when he cut the squads tonight, um, that he carried Bailey Simonson, and he's carried Nathan Brown for the last few weeks as the eighth man, but... Yeah, just Bailey Simonson there raised a few eyebrows for me whether he's thinking about bringing him in and not playing Wonga Blake. I, I don't know after last week, but if yeah. you think Canberra are going to be letting it sing for Wonga, like he dropped three or four last week, so yeah, whether there's a late change there or uh, or remains to be seen. It just just raised my eyebrows with him being carried in the squad. That's all. And neither of these two in uh, Jack and Jamal have the same variety of kicks as, a, as an Nathan Cleary, but no doubt can do a good enough job to put him under pressure, that's for sure. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll get a couple of spirals up for him. And... On the flip side of that, though, I have no doubt that if Moses is healthy and at his best, you'd be testing out Savage. Savage has some really of good course, games, yeah. and he has other games where he might put a couple down himself, so he'll definitely be saying, um, you know, anything in good ball, I think, as well, just to try and put some pressure on him, but uh, I thought similar to you when I saw Simonson. Simonson was a big part of what they did earlier in the year. Like, to me, I mean, we've said this before, like, Wanga Blake's best is really good. Wanga Blake's worst is absolutely terrible. But if I had to play him in either wing or centre, I'd rather him play centre, if I'm yeah, being honest. Definitely. So I think similar to you, if there's going to be a late change, I don't think he'd get re- a rid of Wanga Blake. I think, if anything, Opacek would be the one to miss out to put Simonson on the wing, knowing he's a hell of a lot safer under the high ball than what Wunga Blake is. and um, That wouldn't surprise me. I think Opacek is a really solid player. Um, you know, the job he's going to do yeah, for Yeah, that's why I think I'd probably be... Well, I think it'll be Blake that'll go, but we'll see. Mm. But, yeah, if there was going to be a lot of change... a few change. options there, and the fact that he's carried him... Yeah. yeah leaves a few questions. And the Brown, the Brown one's been awkward all year. They basically addressed it early on that they gave him permission to leave only 12 months after they extended him for three years on a $550,000 contract, so... Um, just another one of these things where I guess you know there's a little bit of tension within the group and you know he doesn't really use Arthur unless he gets caught in a situation where he's needed and he has at times basically not used Makatoa so there could be an argument made even though I know his rotation's pretty solid and he's got guys that play big minutes you'd probably be better off if you're barely going to use them or trust them to maybe have Brown instead of Makatoa Um, I don't know but the Arthur one's been a big talking point this week along with all the stuff that's leaked out a lot of clubs do like to carry a utility that can sort of go halves and hooker. Um, others have suggested it's only because it's his son, but they'd be better off carrying another nine, which they haven't really done all year. Um, do they carry a Cartwright instead? I, you know, in all honesty, I'd rather have Arthur playing halves than Cartwright. Um, that's I'll be honest, right. like I, coaching against them in New South Wales Cup, I think the only player that I'd have ahead of, uh, well, there's only two players that you potentially have ahead of um, Jacob Arthur mm. um, number one would be uh, Mitch Rain and number two would be Jordan Rankin exactly and Rain's purely a nine and yeah, Rankin so if you want to just go with a nine yeah but the, the reason he's there is they're covering 
Exactly. The carrying, yeah, and during the year. I, I, I just found it very, very interesting that the criticism has just come tenfold this week. That's yeah. That's what's really confused me. I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because they lost the semi-final and yeah. Mm, well, questions we, are always going to be, I guess, raised. But yeah, and we spoke about it off the phone. Um, so the same thing. It's for the eighty or ninety percent of the year. That's where he's been. Like a lot of clubs who have had yeah. this utility now to cover multiple positions, but on a week-to-week basis, they've not gone with rain because they've given Reed basically 80 minutes every week and if they've needed someone to jump in a nine for 10 minutes or whatever, it's been Jacob. And if they want pure halves cover, they've obviously gone with him as well because, again, they're not looking to change their back rowers. They've got really good front rowers who play long minutes, so essentially they're realistically only going to use two guys, which would be Murata and Oregon for decent minutes. Other than that, those two props are going to play 50 minutes. Their back rowers are going to play a full game etc and you know small change up at your lock position so um, you could argue maybe the one rejig like I said if he doesn't trust Makatara as much and he hasn't given him those minutes would be to carry Brown instead or a Cartwright in that similar role but in terms of the argument this week suddenly that hasn't been there for all this year despite him playing probably 18 games or whatever he has played um, no I would not cover Cartwright for halves cover and no you're not going to carry Rain purely for 9 when they always play Reed for 80 so Logically, Arthur is the one if you're going to carry someone for cover in those two positions, in particular halves, that you're going to have on your bench. Yeah. Um, it's not ideal. It's not what you want to happen. But given the quality of their forward pack, that's the way he picks his bench. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, look, I think if you were going to criticise it, you should have criticised that when you started doing it. Yeah. The only difference is wins and losses and the criticism that comes on the back of that. Yeah. So the, the best way for Parramatta to shut all this noise up is just to win tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it's going to be a whole off-season full of it. You can oh. just imagine what it's going to be like. And then we you know, know... On Saturday and Sunday, if they get beat. And we know who's moving on. Papa Lee's gone, Reed's gone. It's going to be a new sort of era for Parramatta, a bit of turnover mm. for what a lot of people have said, including myself coming this year, that this is probably their window, if they're going to get one. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I think my gut is telling me Canberra, but my head's telling me Parramatta, so I'm going to tip Parramatta, but... Um, yeah, I, I think both of these games this weekend, I could see, see them going both ways. I can make arguments for them going both ways. I think usually this week, like because we've had such a clear-cut top four and bottom four recently, these games have been Blowouts. a little bit of cannon fodder. Like they've, you know, usually one team touches up the other. I think Manly smashed the Roosters in this round last year. We did get the crack of Parapenrith in this round last year. Uh, that was more because um, Parramatta, you know, finished in, the, in that bottom of the top eight last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm gonna tip. I'm gonna tip Parramatta. Yeah, I had similar thoughts to you. I think, if all honesty, if they're serious in the top four finish and everything, stand up to some adversity, get the job done. But um, momentum, the way things have gone. And just those few little question marks again, I'm going to go with the momentum of Canberra um, for this one. But, yeah, for, for Para, I guess your biggest question is if if Moses is good and goes the 80 along with Lane, doing all the things we talked about last week. Their forward pack, I thought, did a pretty good job the first 30 or so minutes, but they couldn't take advantage of it. And then the second half, just, you know, the errors, which obviously a lot come from Wanga, the pressure they're under on the back foot, then the injuries that followed. Um, if Campbell, Gillard and Paulo... And Murata sort of lay that platform again. You, you want to see Moses 
doing better with the kicks and finishing the sets off and actually running the football and Brown coming into his own and getting deep in the line like he does with Lane and getting that traffic right in at your Fogarty and that edge there and placing under pressure, um, you know, trying to get some space opened up and if they can play off offloads and do what they do, like we said, that power game running down there, we know how dynamic they can be, but I guess probably the one... I think it'll also be vitally important how Parramatta start. No, 100%. And how Canberra start. Parramatta can get their rhythm going. I think they'll, you know, they'll build into a game and they'll, they're more likely to get better as the game goes on, but if Canberra can rattle them and jump them early and get Parramatta looking at the scoreboard and inflict a little bit of panic, then it could be it could be curtains for Parra. Yeah, and I think, you know, like we said before, Gufson probably taken out of it a bit last week in, in terms of how they were with possession and dropping it from the back, but he needs to be the energetic best version of himself. First man in on all the kick chases, sweeping down short sides, pushing to the middle, just doing the little things because he, he was just a non-factor last week. Um, yep. Knox said they're probably going to need that little bit extra help again not knowing what sort of shape Moses is in but battle of the forward packs the big one here for me and uh, I'll I'll go with the Canberra side of things and with bluebet.com.au Canberra are the outsider at $2.60 the Raiders are, uh, sorry the Eels $1.50 favourite at home at Combank 6.5 is the line 1-12 to 12 for the Eels is two ninety four dollars $4 for the Raiders 13 plus for the Eels is 275 uh, and 13 plus for the Raiders is 690 so yeah it's, like I said it's been an interesting it's not a bad bet if they if Canberra had a rattle power early I, I could see Canberra winning 13 plus and that seems silly because I've tipped Parramatta but I could, as I said earlier I could just see see a path to both teams winning in different styles so that's what makes yeah these games really really exciting yeah, I think these are both teams that, like you said, if they get into the groove and get points early and get confidence, they can certainly roll over one another. Mm. But I think, yeah, Canberra's sort of gone to that other. late, like 20 to go and the game's over. Mm. Canberra's certainly come into their best form at the right time. And Parramatta, like I said last week, started really well, fell off. And then the week so far just hasn't been great with the question marks over those players and then the club league. So if you're a fan, you're really hoping they come out and respond. <laughs> They both beat Melbourne by similar scores in the last two two weeks as well. So, yeah, it bodes well for a tight contest. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to this one. And again, like I said, two excellent packs, good pairs of halves. You know, I'm just more really, really looking forward to that clash of their front rows. The pair of the front rows, um, really, really good. And was more excited last week to see Papali'i get on the back of Tarpany for a lot of the year. I've been looking going, if he gets back to what he was doing a couple of years ago... Um, where honestly, this has come since Fogarty coming to the side and he just controls things. Yeah. And it, unlocks Whiten. It and unlocks those, those players in the middle of the field to play their style of footy. And he just directs them around the park and kicks well at the end of sets. He makes his tackles, he runs the ball, he digs into the line, he squares up. He's just a really, really tidy player. Mm. I just think, for me, without being too harsh, um, it, it seemed for a lot of the year that Papa Lee was just going with the flow, not doing any more than what was required. But last week, as soon as the big game came, um, he come to life and he he was as good as you've seen this season and on the back yeah, of what Tarpany's been since doing. Origin. What's that? I think since Origin 3. Look, he had a big game in Origin 3 as well. Mm. But, yeah, I've, I've been looking all year waiting for it because Tarpany's been outstanding. You think if you get that one-two punch, yeah. the destruction those two could cause, and last week it resulted in 400 metres, seven offloads, and a 
shitload of tackle busts. And when that middle opens up for Canberra, they can just play football. And they certainly did that. Um, yeah. So moving on to the second game we've got here. Sharks, Bunnies uh, at Allianz on Saturday. Similar deal again. Looks like the weather for the next few days will clear up. So hopefully by Saturday, if we have a sunny day tomorrow and Saturday, the drainage at the new stadium will be tested. So it should be in pretty good nick, hopefully. Um, but on the Sharks side of things, no one's under any sort of injury cloud, I don't think. There's been some talk this week from a lot of fans, in particular that Kennedy... You know, missed a couple of one-on-ones when they got to the line last week and they should drop him for Miller. I think that's a bit harsh. Um, <laughs> off one game, considering prior to that, everyone was singing his praises. Don't get me wrong, Lockie Miller's a very good player, but, yeah, yeah, one of the hardest places on the field to defend, obviously, is at fullback when someone comes through and there's support. You basically just got to take a guess, take the man, take the ball. A um, lot of people have forgotten in the wash-up of that game last week that Cadell had this game won until that's in been. There was eight minutes to go. They were up by eight. The game was run and done. They'd done enough to win, despite not defending real well. And then we had you know, that period of time where the Cowboys were able to get back into it, score a late try. But up until the 72nd minute, you know, we're looking at, well, Cronulla are going to home final and North Queensland are playing next week. So, you know, if, you, if we're going to talk up North Queensland as a potential threat to win it, then I think we need to pay respect to... The Sharks, uh, and then you know what I what I really took out of South Roosters is. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. They got a shorter turnaround. That was, that was Sunday Arvo. That was so brutal and physical. I finished that game thinking they've just knocked each other out, those two. So the challenge will be that, you know, trying to find some more energy and you know, the ability just to back up after such a physical game, emotional game, and getting their head around, uh, you know, tackling the Sharks on Saturday night, which will be far less emotional, but, you know, just as important. Yeah, I mean, I think similar deal. That Sunday was brutal. Um, I know the, the turnaround we talked about, the extra time in that other game, which I definitely didn't think was as physical. It was very fast, though. Um, yeah, it was more a club game. The other one was a semi. It was a yeah. baseball bat semi. So what? What does and they've got? They've got twenty four hours less turnaround. So what does concern me though? And again, we talk about it all the time the run in for the Sharks. So I talked about it. Concern me a little bit that they just had really a cakewalk, and I think that's a little bit of the reason why last week some of those defensive deficiencies did open up when they played a a better side. And I think uh, I like the Cowboys as an attacking team, but. South's offset plays and some of their set pieces could probably be even more dangerous um, in terms of what they can dish up and attack. I think Tom will be a loss, though, with that suspension just because they don't have a great middle rotation. And whether they use him as a starter or bring him off the bench, he certainly makes a difference. So looking at their pack now with Nichols and Totola starting, like Totola does a great job. Nichols is solid, but you, then you've got Sele, Harvili, who will basically have to play as a middle, and Cheekham. Um, Nikarim is more utility cover I, I sort of looked at his extras and thought he might be tempted to play Mawale but he's only a kid 
just to bring some leg speed and a bit of impact maybe for one of his rotations. Um, whether he does that or not, I don't know, but I, I don't think he will. He's been pretty solid with Sele. Even when he was injured, he brought him straight back in. Havili's been there doing a good job when he's played nine or middle. If anyone would go, it would probably be Cheekham, but then he leaves himself short um, if he gets an injury. In terms so do you of, think he's going to carry Havili and Nicarima on the bench? Well, Nicarima's sort of the one I'm looking at and thinking, well, if I've got Havili, I've got nine cover. If I lose a half, though, I don't and know. Who are you going to play then if you're probably Moali? But if, he, if he's short um, in terms of a middle that he wants, I'd... Because Mama Zorlos can cover halves as well. Yeah, well, if you, Nick Arima, I think, is probably his better option in terms of covering half and nine, but he needs that middle. So Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mama Zorlos can play 13. Sele's a, a definite, and I think Harvey's a definite, so Chi would probably be the one, but does he want cover for back row and centre? No, I'll be, I'll be taking Chi Cam as well. So... Mm. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's interesting who that last spot is because you need a, a big, don't you, really? Yeah, you need big minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if he just takes Wiley. Big minutes from Tatola. Um, you know, Murray. It'll be interesting to see when he cuts down to 19 tomorrow. Your only other option, which is highly possible. Who, who would you leave in the squad if you were cutting tomorrow? Would you leave Mamazulos and Wiley? I probably would. I'd get rid of Taft, Paulo and Kenner. Yeah, well, okay. yeah, I, extended I, squad. I don't need another utility, and I don't need an OB, so I'd be getting rid of... I look at their bench and go, yeah, okay. If he keeps an OB, it's purely for cover, but then again, I guess in the warm-up, you probably need to cover for that, don't you? So mm. he might have to ca- carry one of them just in case, worst-case scenario, did hit, but that's sort of your thing with Cheekham. Cheekham can play centre, back row, middle. Yeah. He's sort of that Mr. Fix-It, but and in terms of his middle rotation, I think your only other option there is if you roll... Chi into the back row and you move Arrow into a middle spot and try and steal some minutes there. Yeah, fair. But that's only now that Tom's gone. Like I said, it's, it, it shouldn't be as big a predicament, but the fact they are short in the middle, it is a bit of a bit of a thing for them. Um, but at the same time, on the, on the flip, you look at Cronulla getting Rudolph back last week with Hunt, Ueli, Dale. It gave them... Lots of options. Fafita only plays limited minutes. McInnes does a great job when he gets on. The Wilton-Wade-Graham one's still a bit weird for me. Um, I think Wade's got better as the year's gone on, but he's certainly not the Wade-Graham that he used to be in terms of his impact on the game or um, what he does with the ball, how he runs, even even pressure and the halves. But the, the biggest thing that probably stood out for me last week, it's probably lucky for them. It's not on their preferred side of the field, but the amount of tackles that were missed around Matt Moylan. I think he missed 10. He was also involved in two critical moments there where he sort of jumped in and left the back row hanging um, and they went straight yeah. through. That's the space where Ilias usually... Yeah, his inside shoulder space was very tight. Yeah, that's where Kalama Tungi plays too, so I'm sure they've picked that up on the video, but generally they're a left-side heavy team and even their left side um, in terms of their shifts and what they get at. You know, Ramian at times, very, very good attacking player, but someone you can pull out of the line, um, they're going to have to be on this week because if they get those long side shifts with the Trell and Cody coming at them, uh, they're going to have to hold their composure. And double defend, be able to move onto their outside shoulder. Mm. And that's, yeah, sort of what makes me think we're not we're not only going to see a lot of those left side set up for that long side shift, but I've got no doubt they're going to get Kalama Tungi at Moyle and, and why wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and that, that's the side they like to go anyway. We know that. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Murray... Um, Hopefully a bit better. Like last week, I thought he was he was very good considering, but he looked a bit shaky. But I think 
big thing for them missing a Tom, like I said, it's going to have to be big games from Totola, from Murray, Arrow, Kalama, Tungy. Like their back row last week in particular was outstanding. Cook made a big difference. Um, watching what did and did from dummy half last week, how soft that try was. Did uh, Cook has to be probing and pushing and asking questions of Cronulla from what you've seen in yeah. that video. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think this one, to me, I know they had probably what I thought was the more brutal game, even though it wasn't as long, but similar deal. I, I think both the teams in the top four could go bang, bang out the back door here. Yeah, on the same, my gut is sort of saying South, but my head is saying Cronulla. Because mm. um, on the flip, you look at Cronulla, and again, they, they sort of have to... I'm not saying they didn't prove the point, but again, a lot of people, such as myself, are looking at it going, well, they got those top three teams at the best time. They didn't play a team in the top eight on their own home. Yes, they won 10 of 11, but last week, home final, all the trimmings. I know it was the sin bin at the end, but just some of those misses or some of the, those defensive efforts that were happening in that game, if you do that against a team like South, who I think are a bit more smooth in terms of their good ball, their attacking plays... Um, it, it could get ugly, but I, I guess similar deal to the other game that we talked about. I think for Cronulla, it's all about the start. They need to come out and start well. They need to get stuck into this forward pack, and in particular, those middles, um, and try and get into that bench rotation early because I think they've certainly got an advantage there on their bench. Like To be able to bring on McInnes, who I think has done a great job, Ueli, Fafita in his short stints. Teague generally does a good job when he comes on for Wade and probably offers a bit more on the attacking side of things. Um, you know, they need to prove again that defensive question mark in terms of where they finish their sets, which is sort of a question we asked at the start of the year in having all these sort of attacking fullbacks. Do they have the patience to continually bomb and pressure and put Latrell in bad spots and turn around and attack them the way that we saw the week prior by the Roosters? The Roosters lost their head in that first week of the semi-finals, but yeah, there's just a few small things there, and that's probably one of them as well in terms of discipline and their kicking game and where they give Souths the football that worry me with Latrell being able to have a huge impact in this game. Yeah, I think it's the style of the game that's going to be played. Cronulla need ball in play, uh, fatigue, field position, whereas Souths need stoppages, power game, and they'll need field position. Simple as that, I think. And Cronulla's discipline is going to be key in that because they haven't completed very well recently and they're just going to have to get their discipline right up for this game. I think they might be a little bit more conservative with their attack, particularly in yardage and transition footy, just to try and get that completion rate up and ensure the ball's in play and ensure that they're putting some fatigue into South. Yeah, and I think, no doubt, we know they're good in yardage. Their OBs in particular, Ramey and Mulatalo, Sifa, are almost up 200 metres a week. You know they're going to set start well, but yeah, I guess it's like we said, just general discipline, high completions, where they hand the football over their kicking game because as much as I look at South, I think Milne does a good job now and it sort of balancings out a bit because you really get nothing out of Johnston in terms of yardage. Um, if they don't put Luttrell in bad spots and let him sort of dictate where he wants to get the football and start the sets off, could be... I think um, the Rooster showed you the blueprint for that. Just yeah. kick to your right, bomb and bash Luttrell and have um, Alex Johnston come out of here. Mm. Um, I think last week as well, those link-ups link, link ups between their halves where they played like you were talking about from tram to tram and trying to expose that half and back row space for South. So I think they've probably been a little bit more sturdy on that side of things, but the pattern shows that their right centre position, half and back row, 
is where most of the points have been scored. So teams tend to get to the right and come back their left side attack um, and go at Ilias or the centre there, which has changed a lot during the year. So, you know, we'll be interested to see if Hines and Moylan sort of try and work some of those shapes that they did last week and they found a bit of love there. But um, those matchups are certainly interesting, that's for sure. You've got Campbell Graham on Talakai. You've got Ramian on Tars. So I think two guys there have got a bit of an advantage over their opposition. I think Ramian in attack's probably got bit more juice than Tass, and I think Campbell Graham, obviously, a bit more of a natural centre than Siffa. We saw last week Hiku skip around him, um, just in a straight-up one-on-one. But, yeah, I guess just the forward pack again. I think Sharks definitely, like you said, ball in play, juice him out, have got a bit more in terms of their rotation. But the quality of South, and if they start well early, in particular that back row, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I think the Tom thing's a bit of an underrated loss, but I've, I've just sort of got a feeling about South last week was another one of those games like a few years ago when they racked up a score on the Roosters where looked at the way Cody played, didn't think Luttrell had massive involvement, but his moments were good. and Those back rowers and... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've just I've got a bit of a feeling about them similar to the Rose. Yeah, well, I can see it, but my gosh, just telling me, Cronulla... Yep. So oh, sorry, my head's telling me Cronulla. My gut's telling me South, but mm, I'm gonna go with Cronulla. Yeah. Well, last week I talked myself out of one or two of my head, so I'm gonna go with my gut instead. Uh, I'm gonna go South. But very interested. Um, like we said, those two contrasts of ball in play and fatigue and wanting things to keep flowing and just work at their yardage game and use those extra middles they've got as compared to the set stop, uh, set pieces and the start-stop and just those key players. Um, Latrell and Cody, clearly the keys, but Ilias was pretty good last week. Cook made a real big difference and uh, lean on that back row heavily again. But it loved the battles here as well. In particular, going to enjoy watching Finucane go mad in a finals game now that it's sudden death. Um, would like to see Wade Graham wind back the clock a bit and do a job on the halves like he used to do on Melbourne when he used to bash Cronk and all those kind of guys. I think it's one of the weeks for him where he really needs to step up and dish up one of those games. Yeah, get a little bit of old school sharks. Yeah, find a little bit more of that. Um, but yeah, I just I can remember those prime years of Wade Graham. Just any time there was a finals game, you knew he was just going to beat the shit out of your half. And he made it his sole goal to do that and um, I think he's yeah. got to go back into the kit bag a little bit for that here and like you said I think if they can get that fatigue in possession and keep it in early to roll Sally, Chi and Havili and a few of those guys on there that might get them a bit of advantage but that start again if South start well they're pretty hard to reel back in and I think maybe then the discipline side for the Sharks would start to worry me if that was the case yeah that's fair but um, the odds with Blue Bet on this one, the Sharks, for some people who are pretty surprised, uh, I think they started to pick them. They're now the outsider. They're $2 with bluebet.com.au. Souths are now $1.80. Minus one and a half for the line there. One to 12 for the Sharks. 3.25, 3.05 for Souths. 13 plus for the Sharks is 4.80, 3.80 for Souths. Um, so there you go. And. I think there's been a couple of big bets this week across all the bookies um, for the Premiership odds. Penrith now $1.80 to win the comp. 
The Cowboys have shortened it a little bit more. Obviously, already being in the prelim at five fifty. Parramatta, for a lot of people, still the next favourite at seven fifty. Souths ten dollars. Sharks ten dollars, and the Raiders all the way out lonely on nineteen. So, obviously, no one's really serious on the Raiders just yet. But a lot of people confident um, that Parramatta can get themselves back through to week three at least and have a crack at getting to the grand final. But. Um, yeah. I don't like to say things are, are written off and nothing is guaranteed, but, yeah, I think the way things have panned out so far, if I'm Penrith, I'm pretty happy on that side of the draw. Let's put it that absolutely. way. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other side of the draw... Figure the way they played second half. Like, if if they'd eke through with a full 80-minute performance based on what they did in the first half, I would have been a little bit worried, but they really clicked into gear second half. Mm. Uh, on the other side of the draw, like I said, Cowboys clearly have that advantage now. I still think they're very young. Um but, yeah, if Parramatta or the Raiders get through healthy, happy, uh, I think either would have a chance, but I'd, I'd still be leaning North Queensland just for that home advantage. But it's going to be don't interesting. Don't underestimate the importance of having your reserve grade still alive as well because it's going to allow teams like Penrith and like Cronulla to just be doing opposed sessions. Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure how the North Queensland reserve grade is going up in... North Queensland, but um, yeah, it'll just it'll it just allows you during the week to get those reps in and have bodies in front of you and and do a little bit of scrimmaging and oppose stuff. So that's not to say that South wouldn't have an extended squad there and they're doing that anyway. But I think it just yeah, the fact that they're both still in and still trying to win the competition, I think that's a bit of an advantage in your preparation. Mm, plus buy-in across the whole lot, like. If you've got some fringe guys not playing at a club, that's that's a different story. I'm not saying they don't all buy in, but there is a situation where some guys know they're no chance of playing. Yeah, when you're at a, and when, having them around and what impact they have on the group. Yeah, yes. when you're at Penrith and your whole top 30 is in, plus your development players, plus your extended squad, plus your Jersey flag squad, mm. everybody's head is in finals mode. Correct. Um, Cronulla yeah. in a similar situation with Newtown still being yeah. in. North Queensland, I don't think they're cup sides in, but they've got about 11 or 12 kids two that are part of their full-time setup, I think, in their flag setup that are still in. So in terms of what they've got around, I don't know. But you'd, you'd guarantee that their top 30-plus extras are all buying in because they'd be yeah. super excited. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm very interested for these two games. It's not quite how I saw things playing out. We said it was going to be very open, though, and that's the way it panned out week one. There was three outsiders that won. So <laughs> that exactly pushes to that point. But... Um, yeah, it was pretty much similar to what you said. I, I can look at logic on both sides. I can listen to my head. I can listen to my gut. My head tells me on both sides to probably go with the favourites, but my gut and what I'm looking at and what I'm feeling, I just have a feeling about the Raiders and I've got a feeling about South. So. Yeah. I denied that last week with a few of those games. Um, this week I'm going to go with it. Fair enough. So, again, thank you, bluebet.com.au. Let's try and find another winner for our charity, The Bears of Hope, $1,100. Let's try and rack up a couple hundred more and before grand final day. And remember, on all NRL finals games, back a team head-to-head, and if they lead by six or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner, up to $100 in winnings. Lead by six at halftime, you win. Terms, conditions apply, gamble responsibly. Visit the website today. Download the app. No one better than the true blue bookie. Uh, box said excited for these two games, and uh, obviously... If, again, like we said the last few weeks, if you want your fill of football, there's still Queensland Cup, there's still New South Wales Cup, there's the Jersey flag 
uh, fight prelim this weekend. Uh, you've got the Panthers and the Roosters. Look up New South Wales Rugby League.com. That's two teams that stack full of future first graders. Uh, you've got Newtown playing this weekend. Sharks feeder who are very, very good. They're up against the, Bulldogs, yeah. the Dogs who have made a bit of a run from fifth. And then in Queensland Cup, I think I saw last week, it was Redcliffe and Burley. I think North Devils are playing. North Devils are still in. They're the premiers from last year. So, uh, And then Sunshine, Melbourne's feeder were down 24-0, won 26-24 last week. Yeah, that was pretty crazy game. So poor old Jermaine Azarco had uh, a couple of moments he'd like to forget. He kicked yeah. dead. Oh, he Sorry, he dropped the ball in the end goal and got caught, and then he tried a short drop out and put it short, so they got a penalty to win in Golden Point first play. Mm. So, Speaking uh, about moments to forget, I've just seen Justin Hodges, oh, Justin Hodges, Ben Hannett fight Paul Gallon. It was the worst fight I reckon I've ever seen. Four by two, four by two minute rounds. It went to points. Gallon went on points, but it was diabolical. How's that even working? Because I think that's what oh, Gallon... He fought, at, yeah, like, uh, I don't know, now it must have ended about an hour ago. And uh, now Hodges and Gallon are walking to the ring now. So what time is that? I can't see the time, so... It's quarter to ten. Yeah, so we've got about an hour and a half off, and then they're into this second fight. I think they're both just four by two minute rounds, which... Made it pretty easy for Gallon, to be fair. The only challenge, I guess, will be just warming up and cooling down and warming back up. But yeah, anyway. Well, I'll tell you what. was diabolical. I watched the undercard. I was not not paying for the main event, and there was one of the most brutal knockouts I've ever seen. In the undercard? Yeah. I'll just go back and rewatch it. Have a look. I think it was the uh, maybe the, the second fight. The one after there was three fights. The third fight was a, a towel in that wasn't great, but the second fight, the bloke that was in that one fought Garside, his first professional fight. The guy he fought just punched his head clean off his fucking shoulders. So uh, it was quite impressive. I, I'd, I'd watch that one if I was you. And the, the girls' fight first up was actually pretty impressive. They teed off on each other. Good. But uh, yeah, I wasn't paying to watch Hodges and Gallon. And to be honest, a lot of the. Press conferences, God bless them. I'm all about making a quid, and I don't begrudge him that, but it's been painful yeah, to see. Yeah, trying hard. Yeah, it's been painful, painful to watch some of it. Yeah, it's, I agree. Uh, it's been pretty ordinary, to all say right. the least. Let's get out of here. But again, for anybody out there, if you want some extra football, QRL website, New South Wales Rugby League website, I'm sure Fox and KO. I'm sure, surely Fox, have. we've got a bloody rugby league channel. Why wouldn't they all be televised? Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? But I know yeah, one of them will probably be there. started on that. KO generally has one of the Queensland Cup games and one of the New South Wales. Uh, When's the NRLW? Is that Sunday or Saturday this week? Uh, Sunday? I think they've got all three games on Sunday. Is that right? Triple header at the Central Coast, wasn't it? Yeah, is it Sunday or Saturday? It makes sense to have it Sunday, wouldn't it? I think it is Sunday, so they cover the yeah. weekend. And then you've obviously got what we spoke about last week with the way their ladder works because um, it's a small competition. It's a round, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. Parramatta have to beat Brisbane. They're playing first, so the draw they've done is smart the way it's worked out. Your mob, the Titans, play the Roosters after. I think they've rested a couple. Not a lot, but they've rested a couple. Um, they need the Titans to lose, and it comes down on for and against. And then the last one, uh, you've got the Dragons and the Knights, which just figures out who plays second, basically. Um, but those first two games have implications. Plain and simple for Parramatta. Yeah. 
they're debuting the young fullback, uh, Jada Taylor, who scored that 105 meter try or whatever it was in yeah. that yeah. junior rep game during the year for New South Wales. So, yeah. um, I think they've given Bremner a week yeah, off. She goes well. Mm. Bremner's got a week off. Uh, they've got Sergis and Kelly in, but looks like they've got a few others in their squad. Actually, maybe they haven't rested. Maybe just Bremner. Have a look here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they rolled one or two out last week. They're in a position to do so, so why not? Yeah. Looks like they've done it again. They might roll one or two out, but um, yeah, basically, Roosters beat the Titans and Parramatta if they win the first game. I think the difference was like eight points or something like that. Okay. So they need a Titans loss Parramatta and to beat Brisbane and win by eight or more, I think, and they can somehow find their way into fourth spot in the finals. Yeah, right. But from everything we've seen, we've seen two of the games live. So you can make the finals with one win. You can. And the top Jeez, end. Hodges, Hodges is swinging for the fences here. Oh, he's connecting. Ooh. Please, no. Oh, imagine that. Oh, he's got him. No. No. Oh. Oh, just let everyone. They're into it. It's good. I so, Gal. The way Gal was talking, you fight Paulo, you'll fight anyone else. Again, he's collected a few more paychecks, but he can't of lose course. to Hodges. He's the smartest, smartest uh, sportsman of the last decade. He's just he's probably earning more now than what he was playing. Now, he, he's already made more, I reckon, boxing than he did in his whole career. Absolutely. The Hunt fight and a few of the other ones he's taken were million-dollar-plus paydays. Mm. So he also took a few pay cuts to stay with the Sharkies. Yeah. I certainly think he's made up for it now with the boxing he's done. Definitely, yeah. Um, and as bad as it, it was... It was a bit lethargic tonight. I, I thought that in the first fight. I didn't know whether he was keeping some of the gas tank, but... Well, I was surprised yeah. he took it because after his last fight when he took it on short notice against the, the young bloke, he basically said as much that it's the first time he's re- realised he's getting old. Yeah. So, obviously, you know... Yeah, he's warming into the fight now. You don't... Uh, I just jumped him early. Don't oh, stay that yeah. way forever, but I, I just did the process of elimination, which... Was Darcy Lussick punched his head off his shoulders and then Gallon beat up Darcy Lussick? So I just thought those two had no chance. Yeah. Hodges looks pretty fit though, to be fair. Mm. So, well, yeah. Alrighty. Fair enough. Well, there you go. Two games for the weekend, all those reserve grade games there to find, and the NRLW triple header on Sunday. Still plenty of rugby league to enjoy. If your team is still in the finals, best of luck uh, and box it. We'll return on the Sunday to wrap those games up, do season reviews for the teams that get eliminated, and then we'll be moving on to some preliminary finals. We're getting very, very close to the pointy end of the season. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.